Thursday, May 9th. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Folk Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on interdimensional alien phenomenon inspired by the book Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Kelleher, and that's 2005. And uh, hopefully uh, our guest will be very honored, Frater Heracles of Avalon Lodge in, in Texas, uh, who uh, who may recount his his own close encounter with UFOs and share his thoughts on this Skywalker anomaly. Now, the book describes the long-lasting ordeal of a cattle ranching family of a cattle ranching family whose Utah ranch was literally haunted by these interdimensional beings and or machines. They encountered huge wolves that were impervious to gunfire, horrible mutilations of their livestock, and inexplicable physical phenomena. A team of scientists began observations on the property and were able to confirm the family's incredible accounts. Now, this haunted ranch was called a pathway for the skinwalkers by the local Native Americans. Now, this book is similar to the Mothman prophecies by John Keel, 1975. So if you want to peek behind the curtain, uh, tune in and spend an hour with us in the land of Oz. Frater uh, uh, Heracles, just stand by while I while I while I read the introduction, and then I'll then I'll introduce. You. Okay. Before we welcome very honored Frater Heracles, uh, let me summarize Hunt for the Skinwalker. Now, this book is very similar to John Keel's Mothman Prophecies. It deals with regional paranormal phenomenon and draws mainly on anecdotal evidence, similar to the Point Pleasant, West Virginia location activity. And that, like the Point Pleasant activity, there is a mix of UFO phenomenon, monstrous apparitions, violent events, and Native American folklore. In the Utah Skinwalker Ranch episode, uh, which tends to favor the interdimensional hypothesis, and they both, both books do, of Jacques Vallée and John Keel, over the more prevalent extraterrestrial intervention and cryptobiology explanations. Cryptobiology, of course, is the, is the, is the Sasquatch. Uh, stuff. As the uh, authors point out, UFO people, Bigfoot people, occult people, and cryptobiology people, uh, you know, uh, they don't get along with each other. And, and, and uh, they don't see eye to eye on anything. And they don't work together in most investigations. However, Jacques Vallée, Jean Keel, and now Colm Kellerner being notable exceptions. The interdimensional hypothesis will accommodate all three of these paranormal phenomena, and all three, including the Native American background, 
were present at Point Point Pleasant, West Virginia, back in the 70s, and the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Now, we have already covered the Mothman book in a previous episode, so we will now focus on the Skinwalker Ranch account. In my opinion, the main problem with this book is with its co-author, George Knapp. He is a journalist, and by his own admission, a UFO devotee. In the preface, he goes on at great length to explain how his fellow journalists have blacklisted him as a nutcase for doing UFO documentaries. But then he confirms their assessment by suggesting that the skinwalker activity at the Utah ranch may have been instigated by a ghostly conflict between the buried Prince Hall Masonic African-American buffalo soldiers, described as a black Illuminati, and the Ute tribal developers who built a housing project over their graveyard. Now, this rivals any fake news the CNN would create, and it almost stopped me from finishing the otherwise worthwhile account. We should explain that skinwalkers are Navajo Indian werewolves who literally walk between the worlds, shape-shifting witches and warlocks who can adopt animal form. It is a tradition that harks back to ancient Mongolia. The best fictional treatment of the phenomenon is Darker Than You Think by Jack Williamson, 1948, which was a favorite science fiction novel of the late Jack Parsons. Now, the first entity the family encountered when they moved into the Utah ranch was a gigantic wolf that they shot at point-blank range with a 357 Magnum revolver and a 3030 rifle with no apparent effect. Obviously, a holographic illusion. This was the first of many similar illusions, but cattle mutilations soon followed that were not illusions. Equipment and animals disappeared or were mysteriously moved. Glowing orbs, UFO-type drones, invaded the property. The family felt as if they were under attack. Finally, they sold the ranch to a team of scientific investigators led by by Colm Kellner, who is a Ph.D., by the way. Um, And and he moved in with his own herd of cattle, and after the original family moved their herd to a nearby ranch, But then the phenomenon at Skinwalker Ranch stopped. While this seemed to confirm the personal connection between the phenomenon and the family. So, in order to validate their claims, the original family moved their herd back to the Skinwalker Ranch, and the phenomenon resumed. I'd like to point out that the authors omitted a critical detail on the background of this family. They tell us that the family originally moved to Utah with their livestock from a ranch in New Mexico because they had been persecuted by their neighbors. But they do not tell us what the family was persecuted for because the family itself, 
especially the husband and the wife, were obviously connected with the phenomenon. This background of of social hostility is important to the understanding of what's going on because it brings up the possibility of poltergeist-type manifestations, which are known to be generated by emotional conditions. Now, the omission of this data seriously flaws the report. One of the most fascinating family accounts was a vision of an opening in the clouds at sunset, showing the daylight sky of another world and a UFO flying through the cloud gap into our dimension. The only equipment the investigators had any success with was a night vision camera, which gave them a view into an interdimensional tunnel, very much like the one we created uh, in our film, Beyond Lemuria, as a special effect. And it, this tunnel allowed one of the investigators to witness a skinwalker emerging into our dimension. This, aside from the cattle mutilations, was perhaps the most authentic evidence in the whole report. In summation, Kelleher offers several possible scenarios to explain the Skinwalker Ranch phenomenon, including ancient aliens, extraterrestrials, and the interdimensional realms. Okay, uh, okay, John, uh, uh, do you think I've been a little too critical in this summary? <laughs> I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the book. Um, I think you, you you nailed something there that I was thinking about myself was the connection to the family and the phenomenon. Um, and I hadn't actually uh, made the connection to the fact that they were uh, persecuted possibly because of the, the phenomenon in New Mexico. Uh, I thought that was uh, Interesting. Have you heard something or read something about that? Um, that, I, that no, that's not in the book. There's nothing. No, I, I was very. I, I carefully looked for it. There, there's no mention of of anything that, that that happened in New Mexico, except that they that the family felt persecuted. They left. They left New Mexico and moved to Utah. Uh, uh, you know, because they 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 couldn't get along with their neighbors for some reason or other, and. Uh, and uh, the only only reference was 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 gossip, but it, it had to be something else besides that, you know. Now, now of course that uh, the that 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 Skinwalker Ranch uh, is is in Mormon territory, and maybe the maybe the they were Mormon, Mormon, but they certainly, you know, I mean, uh, I don't I don't think that would be the reason. So there is a missing there's a missing dimension here because there's no doubt. You know, when you read the book, you 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 know you know absolutely. There's no doubt that the the family, uh, whom they call Gorman in the book, but that they they say that's not that's not the real name. The Gorman family, uh, they really had a some kind of a of a personal connection with this phenomenon. You know, and it wasn't the, just, the only uh, part about the only part about that is that there there are other uh, witnesses of phenomenon that w- they reference in the book that. Um, you know, uh, the, the Ute, Ute Indians uh, had been seeing them for generations, and a lot of the ranchers, neighboring ranchers, would see phenomenon, um, and they would yeah. talk about. Uh, so, but it was it was interesting that when 
the family left and the researchers showed up, they kind of only had like one uh, ball of light and it showed up for like a year, nothing happened. And then they, uh, they end up moving or the, the husband comes back and, and starts working on the ranch and he's, yeah, but his wife, yeah. when, his, when him and his wife were together, then the phenomenon exponentially, uh, you know, it became much more material. I thought that was really interesting. And, well, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, they, they, there are, no there are cases. Uh, yeah. There are cases in that area that they reference that aren't connected to the family. So I don't think it's just the family, but I think the family are definitely uh, uh, do, doing something, you know, that is causing you know the phenomenon. Yeah. But the the uh, it, I don't. I think you, you said that the. Uh, the infrared or the night scope, um, the night vision goggles were the only uh, instruments that actually worked, but they were getting uh, uh, magnetic readings. And 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 one in particular, they were getting magnetic readings like uh, towards the wife. And and one of the, uh, the she when she was there at the ranch, the, their compasses would go from true mag- or from magnetic north and start pointing towards her. It was very strange. And uh, that other magnetic uh, anomalies, uh, the trailer that the bulls, uh, the, they had uh, uh, four bulls that they put out on this ranch and they disappeared and they were looking around for them. They had been corralled in, in this uh, locked corral and they find them in a trailer uh, all jammed inside this uh, this trailer that had been wired shut with cobwebs on the door. They, they had no idea how they uh, teleported in there. And uh, when they did magnetic readings on the door handles, the door handles were, were magnetized for a, a period of time. Yeah, I recall that. Yeah, and then well, that's one of the, that that was a remarkable getting getting those uh, getting those black Angus bulls inside that trailer out of the corral and inside the trailer was was a remarkable uh, 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 was a remarkable accomplishment. Whoever did it and however they did it, and, and of course the the assumption that we have to, uh, that 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 we're expected to make is is that that uh, these uh, that these skinwalkers from another dimension. And by the way. Uh, the skinwalker phenomenon uh, is is uh, the the implication we have here is that that it's it's kind of a it's kind of like this it's it's kind of like the, the Sasquatch thing and of course uh, the, the you know they they as they pointed out uh, most uh, most people that investigate the, the Bigfoot uh, are, are these cryptobiologists and they think that they think that uh, that Bigfoot uh, it lives in our dimension. They they are not uh, they are not uh, particular uh, uh, fans of the uh, of the interdimensional theory. However, apparently the Navajo the Navajo uh, um, um, shamans they actually believe in the interdimensional theory. And and there's an interesting quote that uh, uh, that, that that I want to read out of uh, out of the, the book. An interesting quote here um, that they have. That this is in the 
Native American Connection chapter. Native Americans have believed for hundreds of years in the existence of such concepts as parallel universes, alternate dimensions, and traversable wormholes, although this isn't the terminology used by the tribes. To think they arrived at their beliefs without the benefit of I-believing educations, particle accelerators, and Doppler-based and calculations is certainly curious. Well, yeah, and 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 uh, the, the, this this uh, whole Skinwalker thing is, as I say, uh, it, it, it is is very very much in folklore. And uh, and you know, immediately when you when you start thinking about it, uh, several things come to mind. Uh, cinematics things come to mind, like for instance. Yeah, you know, whatever whatever Frodo in the in in the in in the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, whatever Frodo puts puts on the ring, he enters he enters this this uh this other dimension and the way and and, and everything is 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 very surreal. It 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 uh it it, it dim lit dim lit and, and yet uh yet luminous uh, world that he's in. And then when he takes the ring off, he's back in our world. Uh, and this, uh, this, this is this the, the sort of the thing. Also, uh, they, they, that that film, that film Predator. The, the, the original, I don't know about the second version, but the original version of it. Uh, that that sort of uh, uh, fluorescent camouflage. Which looks like a fluorescent camouflage suit uh, that, that the alien, the alien hunter wears, uh, is, is is kind of inter- is sort of interdimensional. These skinwalkers. Oh yeah. Uh, can I can I can I read that part of the book that that talks about that specifically? Would you mind if I read yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I thought it was. I thought this was interesting because you know I, it's a hotbed for UFO sightings around the ranch, and and it's private property now, so they don't want anybody going out there. But you can still there's still people that go out there and want to you know uh, take a look around that area. But uh, you know, the first thing in my mind as you know practicing magic is like, oh man, that would be just amazing to go out there and and cast a circle and get out there where the worlds are thin, you know. <laughs> And uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that that would love to to you know get out in, in the in nature and do something like that. And then until I read this, and then I was like, oh, maybe maybe not such a good idea. <laughs> well, kind of, I don't know. You know, kind of fun. Yeah, you this, be, is, this is kind of funny, but it's be, not. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. By the it's, it, it may, starts by, by the end. You may be right, but we've right. got to. We've got we've got a place out here, uh, and I'm not going to mention where it is because, but but there there's a place out here in in, in Southern California that 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 uh, lots of people believe is a portal, including me, uh, and and I went out there once uh, with a with a, a friend of mine. He's passed away now. Who who uh, who who. Uh, uh, wanted me to try to open it up, and I, I did an Enochian watchtower opening uh, out there in the, at night, and at this uh, at this this location, and and I didn't didn't sense I sensed a presence, 
but but my friend, uh, the psychic who took me out there, he he went, he just about went crazy, and he dragged me back to his back to his SUV, and and we took off, you know, uh, and uh, you know, uh, we we scratched rubber, taking getting getting out of there, uh, yeah. So so yeah, and what I'd like to do is is, well, is based upon yeah what what. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is what I would like to do, I know where that place is, and I get some good night night, night vision equipment and go out there and and and, uh, and, and do that watchtower opening again and see, you know, on Tayets and see if we can't uh, bring something, you know, see if we can't bring something through because apparently, you know, they as, as that, as they have in the and they say in the book, you know, you have your night night vision camera. You can you can see these uh, you, you can you, you can see these creatures creatures if they if they come through if you call them. So that that that's a project, and I'm yeah. yeah. And this this part made me think twice about actually doing this, and I, and it's kind of funny, but it's it's also uh, kind of a, a, a warning too to people that want to go out and you know mess around with this kind of stuff especially if you're highly psychic um like your friend was um so it's in uh part of the books called orbs and it says they had just released uh information uh out into the newspapers letting the public know what was going on on the ranch with all the ufo sightings and and uh so it says uh one day shortly after uh, as if to confirm their fears, Tom and his t- son Tad watched a dr- vehicle drive slowly from the entrance gate all the way down to the homestead. And the bouncing vehicle approached. Tom could see a large blonde-haired man at the wheel hiding his annoyance. Tom nodded as the stranger dismounted, dismounted from the vehicle. The guy was broad-shouldered, over six foot two. It did not take him long to dispose of the pleasantries, and the stranger explained that he had learned about the bizarre events on the property on the grapevine. And had driven a long distance to visit, and Tom interrupted to reiterate that this was private property, and neither he or his family were interested in developing the land as a tourist attraction. And the stranger was insistent, even pleading. All he wanted to do, he explained, was to go onto the property and meditate. Tom could see his son grinning to himself, and eventually, half in amusement at the bizarre request, Tom relented. The three of them piled into Tom's diesel truck and headed down to the end of the ranch. But after about a mile. The stranger announced that he would like to meditate here near a small pasture surrounded by trees. The stranger walked into the middle of the open ground about 100 yards from the tree line, and Tom walked with him a short distance, and then he stood watching. He glanced back at the still-grinning son who had elected to stay by the truck, and Tom was about 30 yards from the stranger who had closed his eyes in a faintly religious gesture and spread both arms out, and Tom was amused. Silence reigned, and late, and the late afternoon sun cast a beautiful light on the scene. This tall, bland, blonde man, standing silently in the middle of the pasture with his eyes closed and his arms raised, much like a pose struck by saints and angels in religious paintings. In the distance, Tom heard the sudden chime of a cowbell, and he was puzzled. None of the animals had cowbells. The sound seemed to be coming from deep within the trees. There it was again, nearer this time. The stranger seemed not to have heard it. Tad made a gesture of puzzlement. Tom looked at the trees and thought he could see a faint blur. 
Something was moving very quickly between the trees, and Tom could not make out the shape, but he knew it was big. What was the source of the cowbell sound? And he watched carefully as the shape moved fast, like a blur from tree to tree. It was almost as if it was circling. Tom suddenly felt uneasy. Without warning, something broke from the tree line, and it moved swiftly toward the meditating man. Tom blinked. He still couldn't see what it was, even though it was in broad daylight. It was blurred, as if it was hidden in the middle of a heat distortion, and it was covering ground at enormous speed. Gorman realized that this chimera was making a beeline for the blissful meditator, who was completely unaware of what was rapidly bearing down on him. And Tom was about to yell a warning, but it was too late. The shimmering wraith-like huge thing had stopped just inches from the meditator and let out a deep-throated animal roar that echoed around the ranch. The roar sounded half like a bear, half like a lion. Tom froze. The stranger leaped back about ten feet and fell down. He began screaming, and fast, as fast as it had approached, the shimmering, almost invisible creature departed for the tree line at top speed, and Tom's sharp eyes could make out only a blur of dancing, flickering, waving lines like pixelated blocks. Within seconds, the creature had vanished into the trees. The visitor was on the ground, still screaming hysterically, and Tom hurried over to make sure that he had not been injured. Suddenly, the stranger jumped up, threw his arms around Tom, weeping like a baby. He was obviously out of his mind from, with fear. And Tom struggled to extric extricate himself, but the guy was big, and he was possessed of a strength born of a blind panic. He simply would not let go. <clears throat> After a few minutes, Tom said quietly, If you do not let me go, I'm going to hit you. I will let, <clears throat> I will let go if you promise to get me to my vehicle, the stranger babbled. His ruddy face had turned chalk white, and it was obvious he felt the fear of God. Slowly, the man still hanging on to him. Tom made his way back to the truck, and the son started the engine, and Tom and his cargo of blubbering human humanities climbed into the back seat. The stranger swore that this property was cursed, and he would never set foot on it again. Of that, Tom was thankful. They watched the stranger. As the stranger drove erratically towards the gate, he was driving dangerously fast on the rutted track, and Tom hoped he would slow down once he got on the country road. Dad was still shaken. That roar had penetrated to the very core of their being. It was like being shot with a bullet. Sometime later, as Tom and Tab were watching the movie Predator, in which Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura battle alien life form in the jungle of Central America, they let out a loud yell when they first saw the shimmering creature. That's what we saw, they yell in unison to the astonished family. Just like, <clears throat> yeah. like you were saying, Pogan, you know. Right. And, and uh, the, the, uh, this, you know, that, that experience uh, reminded me quite a bit of the, of the experience I had uh, at night uh, out there when we did that watchtower opening, uh, you know, and at the, yeah, at the, at the, at the portal out in the desert. Uh, and I, uh, I, uh, because, because the, uh, my friend uh, uh, was just—he was just about that, that terrified. He—he he really was. He—he—he he, he, he wanted to get out of there as fast as he could. Uh, so I, I know it's a dangerous thing. In fact, uh, and, and, and I suggested it to uh, one of my friends who's very interested in this—this this too. Uh, one of our people, and and he said the same thing. He said he said, I don't know. He said that it, you know it, 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 it sounds too dangerous to me, 
and it well it it, it might very well be, but but then uh, you know I, 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 if, if that if that it really is a portal, uh, I. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to find out. I I I, I, uh, I you know I uh, so so maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Or or and, or maybe maybe we'll take uh, we'll figure out some precautions. Uh, and and, uh, and 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 we might do it. We might not. I, I you know we'll take it under advisement. But I do agree with you. It's dangerous. You know. I read the uh, the little uh, read about the little account uh, of, of the of the uh, the clouds, you know, of the clouds at sunset, where where he is looking at the at, at the at the gateway in the clouds and and into a daylight world, a daylight sky, and then this UFO flies through it. And, and yeah, uh, that's that was the uh, first time, and there was a second there was a second time where. It was the uh, science team, and they were up on the ridge, and they, and they were using the night vision, and they were looking down into the valley, and they, they saw a portal. One of the guys that was holding the, the night vision, the other guy couldn't see it, but he could see the, a portal opening on the ground, and he saw like a, a huge creature, uh, a humanoid creature. They they said it was huge. They didn't describe how big, but it was huge, and it came out and started running up the ridge towards them. And then it like ran past him or something. And the guy that didn't have the night vision goggles could hear it, but he couldn't see it. So yeah. there was more than one uh, sighting of, of portals opening up on the place. I thought that was really interesting, especially since it was both done by the family and and by the the NIDS team, the science what the was team it? Of yeah, scientists that, was that went out there. Well, well, the Indians called it the the, the pathway of the Skinwalkers. Uh, like the like like the, the uh, like the ranch was a uh, yeah like you said there, there are several portals like there was almost a pathway or a highway running right on right right through the ranch uh, for for this for these phenomena. You know, also we 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 um, we should mention that a lot of these glowing orbs uh, this, you know, very similar to what what. What you you saw in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know the the orbs would precede the larger the larger UFOs, sort of like probes, right. or what we would call right. or what we call we'd call drones, you know. And and yeah. they they and we, had a we, lot we, of our, we've had our own experiences with this, right? I mean, you've had Close Encounters, and I, I know I have. Uh, have you? Have, you, I wanted you to talk. About, I wanted you to talk about your your uh, your your your, uh, your your sighting that both you and your wife had. I, yeah, explain that. Tell, tell us that story. You know, and and, and sure. Well, this then I'll then I'll uh, talk about some of my experiences. Go ahead. Yeah, we were um, we were living out on a ranch. Uh, it was in Dripping Springs, just southwest of uh, Austin and um, you know uh, it was a moonlit night and we were sitting out um, on our porch and just chatting about the kids uh, we we only had two at that time the, the oldest and the our, our, our oldest boy and our our daughter had just been born uh, I think this was around 2005 and 
so we were, I, I'll never forget the night. I forget the day, but uh, I know I th- I'm pretty sure it was summer because we were sitting out on the porch. Um, it was warm out, and the, there were no clouds. It was very quiet, and um, I remember the moon was being very bright. And Kathleen um, and I both saw um, this shadow uh, with these red lights that were in the shape of a cross, and it was. Um, moving very, very slow uh, over the tree line. And we were like, we looked up and we were like, well, you know, what the heck is that? It's moving so slow. Is that a helicopter? And there's no sound, you know. And, and we noticed when, once the moon hit it in a certain way, we, we realized that it was extremely large and it was very quiet, moving very slow. And we were just fascinated by it because it just, you know, like is it a blimp? We can't figure out what it is. It just it was we couldn't it was, since it was dark out we couldn't quite make out the shape whether it was a square or a cylinder. Um, but uh, we were staring at it and then all of a sudden this bright white light opens up in the middle of it and shoots this beam of it was like a sheet of light that came down not instantaneously but. Uh, like slowly, and it, the light wasn't. It was. Uh, it turned. It was like it became this really long sheet in front of us uh, of bluish electric white light, and it scanned our yard. It, it came towards us. This whole sheet, like as far as left and as far as right as I could see, there was this wall of light coming towards us, and it, when it passed over us, it, we, we were like standing up at that point going like you know oh my god what the hell and then it passed by us and we could actually hear a humming sound and it was we could feel this uh energy pass over our skin made our hair uh, our arms stand up and uh it, it, it just terrified us it because we didn't know what just had happened <clears throat> and so we ran into the house <clears throat> Excuse me, and we were we were you know ran to the window and we were looking at this thing, and the sheet of light had disappeared, and we just saw this ship moving slowly. Uh, it was moving over our ranch and going towards Austin, and uh, it was it was enormous. It, it was uh, it was like five times the size of, of a blimp that you can imagine, and it was completely silent moved very slow and it had, I mean, it shot this laser um, sheet of like a wall of, of light at us. It was very strange. And months after that, we were seeing, um, you know, the, this shaped UFOs and we were seeing the balls of light. And, uh, you know, there was, it, it, I turned into Richard Dreyfus from Close Encounters and started throwing mud and sticks in through the window, going like, "This means something," you know. I, I went nuts. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I got to find what this means." And then I, you know, somebody was, I think it was Lauren said, "You should talk to Pope." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that that started me on a, on a kind of a, a quest for under, trying to understand what the heck was going on here because. You know the, the UFO phenomenon 
uh, you know, if, it was, if I was by myself, I'd say I was crazy, but uh, Kathleen experienced it as well. And we were both together. We could both confirm it. We knew there's nothing that, uh, that we could explain. And uh, I've seen, you know, countless other uh, phenomenon that I can't explain either. Uh, sometimes I'm by myself. Sometimes, you know, that sometimes I'm with Kathleen when we're out there. You know, I've seen some pretty strange stuff when you start getting out. You know, we were out in the country and by ourselves. And apparently when I started talking to people about this stuff, uh, the people I knew, um, uh, people in that area of Austin, uh, and spe- specifically like Dripping Springs area and uh, Wimberley, um, they were there, there was a lot of people that had seen a lot of uh, UFO activity out there um, in the hill country. And I don't know if it has something to do with the caves that are out there or the water table. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what's going on, but, uh, it's, it, it is interesting for sure. Ah, oh, it's fascinating. Uh, you know, the, uh, right now, uh, it, it seems like we're on the verge of, uh, of, a, of, a, of official disclosure uh, of, of you know of UFO activity, uh, and uh, as you've probably been following the History Channel and and uh, and Project Blue Book and 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 the rest of this and the ancient alien uh, material, and uh, and then then uh, actually recently uh, Tucker Carlson, that's that's national news, Fox News, and and he's been showing. Uh, uh, photographs of, uh, of uh, UFOs taken from military aircraft, uh, and uh, and he uh, the last time a couple about a week ago, uh, he he brought on a, a Pentagon official who actually um, who actually said uh, that that well we don't know whether they're extraterrestrial whether they're Chinese or whether they're Russian, but with the, but they're not ours. And and uh, and that, of course, is is you know, is about as close to a government government uh, uh, admission as you can you're going to get. Uh, and and of course, as as you know, they uh, the the old majestic uh, documents from from back in the '60s, back during the Roswell era, and the Eisenhower administration, and and. Uh, back when uh, when uh, the uh, the former Secretary of Defense, uh, you know, uh, jumped out the window and and and, and died. And, uh, back from that era, they've all they, they've all been exposed, and so so uh, we can we can say uh, we can say that we're we that we we we're having disclosure and we're aware and, and we know we know we we now know what the government knew or 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 did know. However, this brings up a very, very important point, and, and which, which, which this hunt for the Skinwalker book uh, really tends to uh, underline. The very important point that there are there are different scenarios, and, and that's one of the good things about this book is is uh, is um, 
uh, 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 Kelleher puts in the back. He puts uh, his different hypotheses, and, and and one of the really really significant things here is is the different explanations of what's of what could be going on, which applies to this present situation that we have uh, with all of this, uh, this material coming out from years ago and, and, and what's going on right now. And, and uh, so uh, what I'm thinking and what, and what uh, this, material, this, this book seems to indicate is that we're dealing with, uh, with other dimensions. Uh, and and uh, so uh, these, uh, these uh, uh, what appear to be extraterrestrial vehicles or extraterrestrial phenomenon uh, may actually be interterrestrial phenomenon. They may they may come from other dimensions that that we can't really uh, we couldn't really say they're extraterrestrial. But then on the other hand, when you think about it, if if all of the, the if the UFOs are coming from Beta uh, Reticuli or or uh, uh, Wolf 427 or wherever, if they, if they are, they're going to have to go through a wormhole to get here, and that that constitutes going through another dimension. So even if they are extraterrestrial, that it, it, it's interdimensional travel, and and uh, and uh, so quite you know quite frankly. Uh, uh, the uh, Shaver Simultane theory, uh, which was, which is kind of, in a way, the Simultane is is very much like uh, like the Enochian Aethers. It's sort of like an onion, you know. Uh, you have these these uh, we're in the center, and then we have all these circles, sort of like like uh, growth like growth rings on a tree, and and uh, and uh, so size actually means nothing. The other dimensions could be very large or very small. Uh, size doesn't mean anything. It, it, uh, uh, and so this, would, would you say that when we're doing rituals, uh, when we when we do rituals in the temple, that we are opening portals at all and into these other dimensions? Uh, yes, Let's say oh, we're doing absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I uh, when that. When that uh, when that crystal ball starts to glow, and 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 you get that you get that that that, that blue electric blue halo, and 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 uh, that golden uh, that that golden light and that electrical blue 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 halo around the crystal, you're not in Kansas anymore. And and uh, uh, they no no we're, we 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 can uh, I, I believe we do open portals and I and this is one of the reasons why as I said when I when I went out in the desert uh, that night with uh, with my friend uh, and and I, I you know I tried to open up Tate's the, the 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 lowest of the of the of the, of the interdimensional aethers and as you as you know you know you you've been doing the aethers too and and as you know uh the aether system is is a series of inter, of, of 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 elemental dimensions all the way from Taos to Lele all the way up at the top you've got 30 
uh, 30 that we that we codify, 30 of them, and they are elemental. They they're elemental from top to bottom, which means that they're uh, you know they 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 encompass the uh, the nature of the universe. No, I think. So I think that there's, you know, personally and, and, and based upon uh, experience, uh, I, I believe that that uh, that these phenomena are interdimensional. Jacques Vallée, by the way, uh, goes along with that, and Jacques Vallée, uh, you know, he cites a lot of of Fortean type evidence on it. You know, they used to. Uh, back in the in the Middle Ages, they'd look up in the clouds and they'd see the sylphs, and and they'd see the the sylphs and they'd see airships, you know, sailing airships. Uh, that that I I kind of was inspired by my, the by the Magonian airships uh, when I did Drillmaster because I had sailing, you know, I had sailing sailing airships, and and uh, one of those sailing airships landed. Uh, in southern France, back back around in the time of Charlemagne, and and uh, the the uh, the sky people were actually uh, trading with the with the people with with, with the uh, with the farmers and the villagers in France, and uh, and some and some people wanted to grab them and burn them at the stake. And fortunately, uh, uh, a bishop uh, managed to intercede and save their lives. Uh, but uh, but this, that's all that's all a matter of history, you know. And, and uh, so uh, we've had this this interdimensional con these interdimensional contacts for a long time. And also something else I'd like to mention: uh, back in the 1970s, there was a big flurry of UFO activity in in uh, in Europe, and uh, one of the, and a NATO general. I believe I believe in Holland actually came out on on the radio and announced on a news program that these manifestations are interdimensional and he that's what he said and and uh, you know whether he said that under the influence of reading Jacques Vallée or not I don't know but that but that that is I remember hearing it and and uh and seeing that so I think as I say I think that uh that, that this book uh, on the on the Skinwalker Ranch, or this this hunt for the Skinwalkers, is a very good uh, uh, introduction to to the interdimensional concept. Also, there's something else. Um, you remember? I know you remember uh, my Dragon Lords, Return of the Dragon Lords. I was just I was just gonna try to. I was... I was going to try to throw that in before we go because oh, you're Return yeah, of the Dragon Lords. And, and oh. <laughs> also the the dark origins of the werewolf. Uh, yeah. Both those in the seventh ray cover basically the, oh, the yeah. origins of what all this stuff is, and you know, uh, especially the you know the dark or- origins of the werewolf legend and, and concerning with the skinwalkers because oh, yeah. I, I think in, in, the, in the in the first chapter when he's talking about the wolf that shows up. They actually shot a chunk of flesh off this thing, even though it made no, um, you know, they, they shot it with a three fifty seven magnum point, and a thirty out six point three fifty seven and a thirty thirty. Yeah, and it doesn't do any. It, it like it doesn't move. It doesn't yell out. It just stares at them and eventually trots off. But then they they do yeah. find folks. They find a chunk of rotting flesh. 
And what, what yeah. I got from that was that they opened it up uh, with the wolf uh, thing, not only because it was the first uh, thing that happened to them there, but a- as an example of what the Skinwalker is capable of. It's basically that yeah. the Skinwalker can is a witch that can possess an animal and get it to do things. And uh, obviously this wolf had been uh, possessed by this, but I think he was implying that the wolf itself was dead maybe and uh, reanimated by the skinwalker uh, or it was, it was a projection. It was, it was a projection. Yeah, it was a projection, obviously, because if you're going to shoot it with a with a with a you know with a 357 and a 3030, and, and, and if it, if 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 it is the projection, you're going to hit it, you know, and and uh, uh, so it, it did so, have a chunk of yeah. it, they had a chunk they found a chunk of flesh that was shot off the wolf that was rotting, and so I, yeah. I was like that's that's interesting because you know that means that the the wolf. Uh, was walking around. It was a, a dead wolf that they, 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 you know, and it was animated by something. And I think that's what they were implying. That it was a skinwalker. And then you go back yeah. to the, the dark origins of the werewolf legend. And when you're talking about, you know, the shape shifting Jaguar people and, yeah. um, uh, you want to go into that, 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 uh, article that you wrote? Yeah. I think it was just, well, I, what, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, was read this this uh, this section that they have here on 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 the uh, on on the, uh, the the draconians. Uh, now it was virtually certain I was about to die. He noted after ending and entering an ayahuasca-induced trance. Uh, this is harder, harder Scott. Ayahuasca is a hallucinogenic drink made from the bark of a South American vine. And it contains several psychoactive ingredients, including DMT. And as I tried to accept my fate, an even lower part of my brain began to transmit more visions and information. I was told that this new material was being presented to me because I was dying and therefore safe to receive these revelations. These were secrets reserved for the dying and the dead. I was informed I could only dimly perceive the givers of these thoughts. Giant reptilian creatures reposed sluggishly at the lowermost depths of the back of my brain, where it met the top of my spinal column and could only vaguely see them in what seemed to be gloomy dark depths. And they projected a visual scene in front of me. First, they showed me the planet Earth as it was aeons ago. Before there was any life on it, I saw an ocean, a barren land, and a bright blue sky. Then black specks dropped from the sky by the hundreds and landed in front of me. They flopped down, utterly exhausted from their trip, resting for aeons. They explained to me in a kind of thought language that they were fleeing from something out in space. They had come to planet Earth to escape their enemy. Harner continued, The creatures then showed me how they created life on the planet in order to hide within the multitudinous forms and thus disguise their presence. 
Before me, the magnificent plant and animal creation and, 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 and specification. Hundreds of millions of years of activity took place on a scale with vividness impossible to describe. I learned that dragon-like creatures were thus inside all forms of life, including man, and they were the true masters of humanity and the entire planet. They told me, we humans were but receptacles and servants of these creatures, and for this reason, they could speak to me from within myself. And this sounds very, very much like what I have in Return of the Dragon Lords in in, uh, in the Seventh Ray, and also Adamson's Adamson's experience in Adamson's quest, which, by the way. I am. I have just uh, just put in the print shop, and we should have that. And we should have Adamson's Quest on Amazon very, very shortly. And then, and I'll send you. I'll send you a copy, uh, John, uh, because as I say that it's it's going to be ready very shortly. Uh, so, by the way, well, what I just read was from from um, from Michael Harner, one of my favorite anthropologists, and. Uh, he has an excellent book on shamanism and, and on these uh, inner worlds uh, called uh, the Cave Cave and Cosmos, which I believe uh, I believe I believe you have that one too, and 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 we discussed that yeah. that on on, on Hermetic Hour, yeah, and so this this that was Michael Harner, but I but as I say the the, the Dragon Lords, uh, you know the and we have that in Beyond the Myriad too, you know the <laughs> in our in our film. Beyond the Miriam. We also have have one of had the vortex, you know. We have we have a, our own little wormhole in there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, don't don't really understand that the the, the I mean, I'm trying to make a broad statement here, but reality is a, a shared projection, and a lot of these things are happening on uh, within us, and we're seeing it, you know, in and what we think is reality. Uh, wouldn't you say that's kind of a possibility of what these dimensions or portals and stuff actually are. They're actually happening within the people themselves. Well, you know, uh, they, 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 this whole thing uh, presents a t- terrible problem, uh, you know, for the, for the government. And, 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 and uh, you know, they, how, how, do you, how do you disclose this sort of thing to the public? You know they're almost locked in. Yeah, yeah, they're almost locked into. They're virtually locked into the the extraterrestrial scenario. They, you know, okay, well, yeah, we can we we can we can uh, um, we can reveal uh, that the UFOs are, are from uh, from other worlds, but we don't dare reveal that these other worlds are in in, in dimensions that are that are contiguous with our own. How do we do that? We we don't dare because right. you know, they, 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 they full we don't disclosure. Want, we don't want of, people to know that they're the they're, they are the UFOs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're so, they're, so they they're shoved way down in the, in the brain. 
Yeah, they almost have it. They, they, they can't, uh, you know, they, they they can't have a disclosure on on the interdimensional theory, which means, uh, as I as we said in Beyond Lemuria, that that you know that that the that the Shaver mystery, the the the, the subterranean world uh, of uh, that Shaver postulates uh, with the narrows and the tarot and all that, uh, the underground. That 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 is interdimensional. Yes, and if it exists, it certainly is. But uh, how do you how do you possibly reveal something like that to the general public? You can't. I mean, <laughs> so I I can, I kind of have some sympathy for them, and 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 and, and so you have to. Yeah, you kind of have to say, well, yeah, okay, they exist, but but they're 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 way off across the across the galaxy, and and and, and uh, you know, and uh, I don't, know, as I say, what do you what do you what do you think? Uh, how do you think that we can possibly uh, have a have any kind of genuine disclosure on this? You, you bring up a really uh, good point. I, I, I wouldn't know because, I mean, how do you tell people that, uh, you know, that it's all happening, that they're they're making this stuff happen, you know, that uh, yeah. it, you'd, lo- you'd lose control if people understood, you know, what was happening, you know, then society would – would fall apart <laughs> because you know, oh, yeah. I mean, what, what would you what do you say? A lot. I think when you first started the when you first started the Hermetic Hour, I was like, how many magicians can this world handle? You know, honestly. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, and and I'm not trying to be. You know, some people might say, well, that's, that sounds elitist or something. Well, I mean, how many people can handle their own rea- How how many people can handle their own mind? What does Lon what does Lon say? It's all in your head, but you have no idea how big your head is. <laughs> oh yeah, that, you know? that, that, that's 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 Lon's expression, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's all in your head, but you have no idea how big your head is. Yeah, it's, well, it's all, like in the you know, Return of the Dra- Return of the Dragon Lords. You were saying that people were seeing, you know, airships back in. Uh, yeah. What was it the 19th century, or you know, and they were there was you know basically the same phenomenon as the UFO, but they were, they had you know um, there were blimps and and uh, you know oh what, yeah what, what were they they're like they were like blimps they were seeing but they were just yeah that that, that uh, dirigible that 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 yeah, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't just one it was a bunch of them uh, there were several dirigibles flying around back in the 1880s. Uh, in in uh, the Midwest, and and they were flying around. They even they even visited, uh, I think, St. Louis, Missouri, and and took uh, some of the city council for a ride, like 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 we have these days. You know, you can take a get a ride in the Goodyear blimp. I, I got a correction on that. It's no longer the Goodyear blimp. It's the Goodyear dirigible. <laughs> but 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 yeah, but they, you they still seem to change shape. Uh, with the uh, yeah, War of the yeah. Worlds uh, broadcast, uh, you know, it seemed like that all of a sudden they became metallic and they had, you know, tentacles yeah. and they were from uh, other planets and, but uh, from other galaxies instead of just like Venus and whatever. Yeah, um, but these originals that fly around, 
the dirigibles that fly over over farms and 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 uh, and, and call down to the farmers, you know, and buy buy milk and butter, and and they uh, they, they 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 throw down a they throw down a bunch of Morgan dollars, and 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 and, and then the farmer would, uh, would let them haul up a gallon of milk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they did this, and one of them finally crashed down in their neighborhood, pretty close to where where you are. Uh, and and boy, all the wreckage, all the wreckage of that airship uh, has long since disappeared. And and uh, but but uh, that that's where they that's where the one of them finally ended up was down in Texas. Anyway, uh, it also seems like the, it comes in spurt. It comes in spurts too, like uh, the cattle mutilation stuff. You know, you don't hear about it anymore. Whereas, like in the '70s and '80s, it was like a huge thing. People were taking actual uh, shots at, uh, you know, low-flying National Guard uh, helicopters because they thought that the government was coming down and and killing their cattle. But you don't hear about uh, cattle mutilations hardly anymore that I know of. I mean, it seems to have just kind of disappeared. It seems to go in cycles, don't you think? Well, that 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 that, that was. Uh... There was a suspicion uh, with, with all these cattle mutilations, which were, you know, well, the, the idea the, the idea was that, that the extraterrestrials were doing it. Uh, but then people, a lot of a lot of ranchers got to got to blaming the uh, the Air Force and the National Guard and the Army for, and they thought the helicopters were, were you know, that, uh, that, that 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 I think that's where the black the black helicopter legend got started. Uh, but yeah. whether or not the yeah whether or not the 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 uh, government had anything to do with that I I don't know anyway we're just about to, just about to uh, get to the end of the hour here and uh, I want to thank you for coming on and I want to thank you for sending me the book <laughs> and, and well, thank uh, you Paul appreciate it it, 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 it it is well it's it's fascinating and it's great having you on board and. Uh, Anyway, as I said, I'll keep you I'll keep you posted on on the on the desert uh, on the desert project if we actually uh, if we actually go ahead and do that, uh, and and, uh, and of course I'll keep our listeners posted on it too. You know, I was thinking maybe maybe we could do maybe maybe we could do that thing live on the Hermetic Hour some Thursday night out there in the desert. You know, well, you can try and. and uh, Actually, live, you know, like kind of like kind of like Orson Welles' Mars Invasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but, but, or definitely videotaping. Yeah. With with night. Yeah, but how, Halloween <laughs> might be a good time to do it. Except we have to we 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 need to do moat mouse around Halloween. But this this might be a good Halloween project, like Wells like Wells did in 1939 with the Mars Invasion. Anyway. Thanks so much for coming on board. Uh, and, and next week we'll, you know, we'll have another uh, another show uh, on 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 some subject magical. And so be sure and and and, and tune in. Uh, thanks again, Fred Heracles, and uh, the rest of you out there in uh, in Block Talk Radio Land. Uh, good evening and good magic. <laughs>